Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, let's get our post-game coverage going following a Flames 1-0 shutout win over the Chicago Blackhawks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome to wrap up a six-game homestand. Flames snap their losing skid and go into the break with a win. Our Flames Talk post-game show is underway. It's Pat Steinberg along with you from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Let's go immediately to the Flames locker room and get some post-game reaction from Connor Zeri, who joins us right now. Connor, uh, how'd you like this one for your group? A big win for the team. What'd you like about it tonight? Yeah. It's good to get a win. You know, we stuck with it. We've had had a bit of a tough stretch here, so I think to to just kind of battle through this one and and um, and get that win and get us into the break and kind of a, a nice time to reset. And obviously, it's uh, it's good to do that with a win. Uh, got got to ask you about your goaltender. How good was Jacob tonight? Yeah, he's unbelievable. I think we we gave up way too much, and and he really had to bail us out quite a bit there. And um, well, obviously, we're thankful every day we have one of the best goaltenders in, in the NHL to do that for us. So um, he's always there when we need him, and, and, and he's, he's, he's a huge part of this team, and, and he's one of, the, one of the leaders and one of the guys that always gets it done. So um, to have him there and, and have that night and, and kind of break that, uh, break that losing streak is big for us. How uh, I, I got to ask you about your third period, Connor. Uh, maybe the, a little bit too much reliant on Jacob in the first 40 minutes of play, but in the third period, how'd you like the way that your group kind of locked this game down and took over? Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, it was a little bit back and forth in, in the first two periods, and like I said, we had to rely on, on Marky quite a bit there, and he always stands tall. But uh, for us to kind of start going in the third, and and uh, it's not it's not good enough, but. Uh, to, to to finally start rolling them over and and closing out that final 20 minutes at the end of the day kind of forget about that first 40 and and come out with the win is what we needed so I think that's huge for us moving forward and obviously into this break is is going to be good for everyone to to kind of get get away from the game a little bit you know it's it's a long season so it'll be a nice uh, five or six days to to kind of get your head off of it and and kind of just enjoy the little things of life so um, I think it's great to do that with a win and that was uh, that was going to be my final question you get a win you go into the break what uh, what does Connor Zeri have planned for his first NHL All Star break? Uh, nothing crazy. Uh, trying to find a beach in Saskatchewan. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, just heading home to uh, Saskatoon, hang out with the family, and okay. and uh, relax with them, and and uh, and take it easy, and 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 keep things rolling here, keep the body feeling good, and and get ready for this uh, this final stretch here, and and uh, just be in a good mindset coming coming back. Good luck finding that beach in Saskatoon. <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna need it. Uh, congratulations on the win, Connor. Thanks for doing this. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That is Connor Zeri outside the Flames locker room following a Flames 1-0 win over the Chicago Blackhawks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome as uh, the Flames snap their losing skid at four and go into the All-Star break with a win. Flames not back in action until February 6th when they start off a four-game road trip in Boston. Our Flames Talk post-game show is underway. It's Pat Steinberg with Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills around the table. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the text lines open at 960-960, the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Phone calls, text coming up in a little bit. But uh, the Flames finished their pre-break schedule at 22 wins, 22 losses, and five overtime or shootout losses. Mick, they're back at 500 
going into kind of the final third of the season here into the uh, post all-star break push um, not uh, not not the prettiest of games against Chicago uh, but Jacob Markstrom gets paid six million for a reason and he <laughs> earned it early and then what what I did like is that the Flames figured it out in, in the third period and had themselves a one nothing lead and then uh, were able to close it out from there regardless of how the first 40 went yeah early on obviously just gave up way too much but Jacob Markstrom was solid absolutely stellar and then how ironic that it's their power play that ends up coming through for them when it has struggled so much but I really liked their third period just in terms of the urgency that they played with and then their anticipation as well in terms of jumping on loose pucks and and just anticipating what plays were going to come from the Chicago Blackhawks so just a a much better period in the third and like you said they stuck with it and it, it was kind of ugly but they got the job done yeah yeah sometimes you have to win with your b or c or maybe even d game i mean certainly a d game or maybe an f game in the first half they were not good in the first 30 minutes they were as flat as a pancake but their goaltender kept them in it and gave them a chance and then elias lindholms scores a timely power play goal which i thought was a real shot in the arm for the team. I thought they were way better in the back half of the game than they were in the front half of the game. But it, I guess, fittingly, came down to another big save by Jacob Markstrom right before the buzzer. Uh, Because if this game had gone to overtime, who knows what happens. And the Flames haven't had a lot of luck, so I'm not sure how much faith I would have had going into overtime or a shootout. But they find a way to win this game. They go into the break picking up two very important points. And if they had gone in with five straight losses, I'm not sure that mentally the guys would have actually been able to get away. Uh, I think that would have really weighed on them. So they'll be feeling at least a little bit better about themselves after finding a way to beat the Blackhawks tonight. Uh, And, uh, again, as you guys said, it wasn't pretty, but uh, a win's a win, and they they found a way to win this one. Yeah, that was the marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. You just, uh, I, I don't even like, that That one actually went from must win to can't lose. You just yeah. could, could not lose this one tonight if you wanted to have. Look, I mean, the most models have the Flames sub 10% in terms of their playoff chances. But if you, if you want to have any sniff of staying in this thing, had you made it five straight losses and two of them came against Columbus and, and Chicago, it just uh, it just wouldn't have been, uh, it wouldn't have been feasible. So it at the very least, you snap the losing skid, you get a 2-4 and four homestand, and you go on to this road trip after the All-Star break, and at the very least, you can uh, kind of reset and get away from things and, and do so on a winning note, which would feel a whole lot better than a five-game losing skid. Friends, I, I want to ask about the, the new line combinations um, because it, it's funny. The only line that I liked tonight was the line that didn't get broken up. I thought yep. the backland line was dominant. It was one of the only things that kept them in this game. They were up over 94% possession uh, through 40 minutes. That's how good they were. I think it was 15-1 to 1 were 5-on-5 five five, uh, five five shot attempts for that line through 40 minutes of play. So, Derek, of, of the new line combinations, the one that stayed together was the only one that I, I really thought jumped off the page, and that's backland Mangiapane and Coleman. Yeah, and we actually talked about it. Uh, going into the third period, Pat, I wondered if Ryan Huska, who had, for the most part, shortened his bench down to nine forwards and five defensemen, if he might reunite some other lines. Because Megan and I saw it the same way that you did. The the backline line was really good. The other groups were not. Uh, he couldn't even play his fourth line. 
Uh, I mean, I'm not sure that Adam Klopka got another shift after taking that penalty in the first period. And his two line mates, Cole Schwint and Walker Dewar, were used very sparingly in the final 40 minutes. And we didn't see a ton of Dennis Gilbert in the third period either. And uh, not necessarily a knock on him. You need this win, and uh, you're going to lean on your best players to get it. But, yeah, that uh, backland line was excellent. Uh, The other new-look lines in the top nine, not so much, but... Again, they found a way to win this hockey game, and by hook or by crook, they had to do that. Let's uh, say hello now to Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, joins us here in the hot stove lounge following a uh, one nothing shutout win for the Flames. We get the goaltending coach after a shutout. We'll take that. Uh, hi, Barbs. Uh, what, uh, let, let's start with, with Jacob. What, uh, what, what jumped out of you about how, how he played in getting his 20th career shutout tonight? Well... He made a lot of breakaway stops. <laughs> so, uh, he no, he, was, he earned it. Yeah, for sure. He was sharp right from the start. Uh, it was something we talked about before the game of just playing a, a focused 60 minutes. And, um, you know, these games sometimes are never easy for, for, for guys to play when you know you've got a bit of a break coming up. But he, he did an awesome job of just digging in for 60 and, and keeping himself focused. And uh, you know, he was big tonight. Well, what did you make of the, the overall team game? I know we talked on the broadcast that it was a – I guess, less than ideal first 30 minutes and then just sort of seemed to turn things around after Elias Lindholm scored that power play goal. Just what did you make of the entire team game? Yeah, I, I, it was it was sloppy at times for sure. Uh, I mean, the first 10 minutes, you know, I thought they did a good job. They were, they, they came out flying, you know, in the first 10 minutes and, you know, they put a lot of pressure on us early and, um, you know, we just, once we got our feet under us and sort of got, got ourselves going, you know, Mark did a good job of, in that first 10 minutes keeping it zero zero and once we got our feet under us and stuff we started to play a bit better and um you know that's what you need though right you need your goalie to do that for you at times when when uh you know if you don't get up to a good start like that in tuesday's game against the blues we saw a lot of breakaways we saw a lot of odd man rushes and we've been seeing a lot of those two things in all the games since is it something that your opponents are doing? Is it something that they picked up on in their pre-scouts that they're trying to take advantage of? Or is it uh, more about the Flames and what you guys aren't doing to, to prevent those odd mans? No, I think it's a bit of both. I think our puck management in the wrong areas at times has been tough. You know, uh, uh, you always talk about both blue lines, your blue line, their blue line. You can't turn pucks over there. feels like we've been turning a lot of pucks over at their blue line, which leads to breakaways. And then, you know, the St. Louis, you know, a little bit of Columbus and, and Chicago tonight – there are teams that just blow the zone, right? So if you um, if you sit pucks to the net and you know shots get blocked, their forwards will tend, you know, at least one of their forwards tend to to, to blow out of the zone, and um, you know that's not easy to play against teams like that uh, at times, and that's how they generate that. Jason LaBarbera is with us, uh, Flames goaltending coach, following a one nothing win over Chicago. What what'd you like in the in the I guess final 20 minutes. You had the one nothing lead after 40, maybe relied too much on Jacob to get there, but it seemed to really kind of bear down and figure it out in the third. What did you like about the final frame from the group? I thought we, we we made an adjustment after the second, I think, and our neutral zone was way better. You know, they, they I, I thought, especially for the, the first two periods, they, they got into our zone pretty easy through the neutral zone, and, um, you know, we got back to doing what we were supposed to do and, and uh, made it a little bit more difficult for them to use their speed through the neutral zone, and, uh, we shut them down that way, which which certainly helped us. One of my observations or analysis, I guess, the last three games just has been in terms of, I think I've said it a number of times on the broadcast, of like giving up too much and having to rely on your goaltender too much. Like 
in your opinion, and as a goaltender, at what point is it like, oh, our, our goaltender was stellar and, you know, helped win us that game, um, you know, kind of riding that line between that and we're giving up way too much mm. in the middle of the ice and we, we have to stop. Like, where do you kind of draw the line on that? I mean, I think you you don't like giving up chances, right? So it doesn't matter what it is. You're always, you're, that's one thing you're always looking at is, is your chances for and chances against. And so when it's... Uh, Uneven in a big discrepancy, especially your high dangers, uh, you're always looking to to make adjustments and, and tighten things up. And you know, it's the last little bit's been at times a struggle for us. And um, you know, luckily, you know, Marky and Vladi have been really good the last little while. And um, you know, they've they keep they've kept us in games and and done done a good job with that. So you're always you know trying to make adjustments in that sense and tighten things up. It's it's something that with our group is that we need to be sound defensively and not give up those those high danger as many as we have been um you know and then something for sure in the next 30 some games it's it's gonna be important for us jason as you know as a former player and current coach the grind of an 82 game regular season schedule can wear on you and i think it probably wears on you more when you're chasing the season, which you guys were after a 2-7-1 and one start, and when you're chasing games, you guys have a lot of come-from-behind wins this season. And I know no one wants to make excuses, but when I start to see coaches give players more and more days off, that tells me <laughs> that they see the guys retired mentally, physically, maybe a little bit of both. So you guys get a big win tonight, but how much do you think the team needs this break right now, nine days between games? Yeah, I think it's it's a good time for everybody, like staff, coaches, everybody, players. Um, it is a grind, and we've been on the road a lot, and yeah. obviously the last little bit we've been at home, which has been nice. Um, but, you know, it is. it is it's Every every night it's, it's hard. It's tough, right? I mean, you know, Chicago – I mean, they haven't won on the road in was it 19 games or something coming in, and but they played hard, and it's not an easy game. And so, uh, the way the league is, there's there's no easy nights. So every game's you know is a challenge, and um, it has been a challenge for us at times the last little bit. But uh, I think it's the the timing of us getting a, a bit of a break is nice. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's on the uh, Barb's Barb's break plan. <laughs> uh, we're uh, family. We're going to uh, Cancun tomorrow morning. Oh, so nice. Oh. Yeah. So uh, get a bright and early flight tomorrow morning, and we get out of here for five nights. And excited to get away. Uh, Everyone's going Vino to Mexico. Por yeah. favor. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> That's red wine, please. Oh, or, there you go. Cerveza, por yeah, favor. I know that one. Yeah. yeah maybe I'll run into yeah. you there. <laughs> Are you going? Yeah, tomorrow night. Oh. Uh, I won't be on the same flight as you this time. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. Cool. I, well, I say we can say where we stand, but yeah, off the air. We'll send a text later. <laughs> what what flight are you on, Bob? <laughs> right and early. Uh, okay, have fun. Get out of here. Thanks. All right, guys. Uh, thank thank you, you very much. Congrats on the win, hey. Thank you, uh, Jason LaBarbera, Flames goaltending coach, joining us here following a Flames one nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks. That wraps up their pre All Star break schedule. They uh, don't play again until Feb six when they take on the Boston Bruins in Boston. That kicks off a, a difficult four-game road trip for the Flames. This is our Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we have Senior uh, Derek Wills <laughs> along with uh, Megan Mickelson and Pat Steinberg here. Uh, and we're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's select tonight's hardest-working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest-working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Mick, which way are you leaning? I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I think I have a, a few guesses which way you're leaning, unless you're going the goalie, which would also be good. Um, but I'm curious which way you go with the hardest worker tonight. 
I'm gonna. I have to go with Jacob Marshall. Yeah. I mean, you look at especially the first period. The high danger chances were nine to one for yep. the Chicago Blackhawks. You look at the breakaways that he saved, and then also the last couple saves right at the end of the game. There, like, I don't think they win that game without Jacob Markstrom. So he gets. The hardest working flame tonight. Yep, uh, it's kind of hard to argue because he was yeah. also yeah. maybe the busiest flame for uh, yeah. a good chunk of that game as well. Jacob Markstrom, hardest working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. The Flames went heavy on their top four tonight. Um, Hannafin played a team high and game high 27 14. Uh, that's even higher than Seth Jones, who usually wins the uh, the game high mark but uh Hannafin played 27-14 Tanev played 24-18 uh Weger played 23-17 Anderson played 21-44 and then he dropped down to Shillington at 13-43 and Gilbert at 8-11 so the uh top 4 even taxed that much more in this game than they usually are, which I think is uh, an interesting thing to keep watching. But as they continue ramping Oliver Shillington mm-hmm. up, just game two. Uh, so he played just over 13 minutes on Thursday, played just under 14 minutes tonight. But as he continues to ramp up, maybe that'll take off a little bit of the taxing of the top four coming out of the All-Star break, Wilsey. Yeah, and uh, I'll be anxious to see when the team does come back. The coaches have a lot of time to think about it between now and then, but uh, what do they do with the lines and pairings? They had lefties with righties on all three pairings. That's something that in a perfect world Ryan Huska likes, but we don't live in a perfect world. So I'm uh, anxious to see if they leave uh, the pairings uh, the way they were tonight or if they uh, potentially go in a different direction. Also, word just came out, the Flames have activated Martin Pospisil mm-hmm. off of injured reserve. So you get another piece back for your top nine. What do your lines look like? I mean, I didn't love the Lindholm line. I didn't love the Kadri line tonight. The backland line, as we talked about earlier, was great again. So uh, the coaches have plenty of time to, to get that whiteboard out, uh, the dry race board out, and, and figure out what the lines and pairings should look like. But, you know, Shillington with nine days between games will get uh, a break after getting a couple of games in and kind of ramping up that way. He should be even better when the team comes back. So you've got a really solid top five the way things stand right now. And then you try to figure out who the six, seven guys are. So um, depth on the blue line has been a strength for this team for a number of seasons and getting Shillington back certainly puts them in that position again. Yeah. My first thought on like the minutes that the top four played tonight, I mean, they're going into a nine day break. So as long as they're handling, as long as they're handling the minutes fine, then I mean, you play him because you want to win the hockey game and knowing that maybe Oliver Shillington, he's not ready for those types of minutes or those types of minutes in these situations of games where they're must-win games, and this is only his second game. So, uh, you know, those minutes, I don't anticipate that Noah Hannafin would play over 27 minutes on a regular basis, so would would definitely see that start to tick down a little bit. But I'm with you guys on the line combinations. Didn't love the Lindholm or the Kadri line. By the way, the, Klapka did not play yeah, after that penalty. After the he penalty. Was, he yeah. was stapled to the bench. Yeah. Didn't see a shift. And, and you need a fourth line. This team needs a fourth line that can do their job like you can't play three lines um in the nhl right now so they need a fourth line that can play with pace and play with speed and play in the offensive zone not in their own zone and give up grade a opportunities not take penalties so that's definitely something
something to figure out as well, not just what your top nine forwards and those three lines look like. Um, so that's that's definitely something, you know, to keep an eye on and to keep watching as well. But I think that the backland line, like, they were great in this game. I think that they've been great the last yeah. four, like, all, all four games that they lost, they have been solid, consistent. And for me, it's just the pace that they play with. Every single shift, they don't take a shift off. And the way that they support one another on the ice, like it's it's really impressive to watch their, it's called triangulation of support, the way that they're just always around one another. And that's what makes them so successful. Blake Coleman's looked a little tired to me in the last few games, and he's done so much heavy lifting for this team, tied for the team leading goals, leads the team in points, an excellent 200-foot player. Andrew Mangiapane's had a lot of jump in his step, mm-hmm. and he's been excellent since they put him back on that line with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman. And with Martin Pospisil coming off of IR, with Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney down with the Calgary Wranglers, and I'm sure you're going to play in some games during the Flames' nine-day break. The, the fourth line's probably going to look significantly different the next time they play, which will be in Boston against the Bruins on February the 6th. And again, the internal competition that has been created within the organization because uh, these, these players that they've had in the system have spent time at the AHL level and developed down there and are now ready in a lot of cases to come up and at least try to show that they belong at this level, even if they're not quite ready yet. And you, know, you might argue that Adam Klopka needs probably another stint at the AHL level. Maybe Walker Dewar does as well. Maybe Cole Schwint does as well. Maybe all three of those guys end up going down. And there are two or three new players in the fourth line when, when the Flames come back. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But uh, the, the fact that they were able to win this game tonight, I, I just think they're going to feel so much better about themselves heading into the break. And was it a win to write home about? No. Blackhawks have lost 20 in a row on the road, which is hard for me to wrap my head around. There's so much parity in the league right now. To lose 20 straight games on the road or anywhere, <laughs> is it's almost hard to believe. So you just take the two points. Uh, you, you go on vacation to Mexico or wherever. You try to reset yourself physically and mentally and, and come back. And I know that there are some Flames fans, Pat, I hear it, when I'm listening to your post-game show driving home after every home game or road game, There are some Flames fans that don't want to hear about the playoffs because they've given up on this team making the playoffs. Well, they're four points out of a spot with 33 games to go and 66 points still on the table. This team, I can tell you, they haven't given up on on trying to get in. So they, they took a step in the right direction tonight. They took care of their own business against a bad team, and they got some help on the out of town scoreboard. So. Hopefully that uh, allows the guys to have a bit of a break because I think it would have been tough for them if they had lost this one. A few things uh, in terms of rosters. As you mentioned, the Flames have taken Pospisil off of IR, so they'll have him available uh, after the All-Star break. We'll see on the Pelche and Rooney front. They played last night for the Wranglers, did not play tonight. That was all part of the plan. It's a back-to-back game in San Jose, so Pelche and Rooney didn't play, but probably will play uh, one or two more times on this five-game road trip the Wranglers are on that road.
road trip ends right as the Flames are coming back for their post-All-Star break, right when the AHL goes into their All-Star break. So might be able to have Pelche and Rooney up with them after All-Star, which will be interesting to see. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. And then there's uh, the question about the other things like the, the Hannafins and the Tanevs and the Lindholms and more and how that all looks coming out of the All-Star yeah. break. But we've got more time to talk about that on the phone well, and stuff I, like that. I so. did mention that to Megan earlier tonight, Pat. Um, when I saw Elias Lindholm step out of the ice uh, before the start of the hockey game, I, I did wonder, is this the last game he'll play for the Flames? You know, he's one of the three big UFAs. There's him and Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin and uh, speculation surrounding all three guys. Maybe, maybe not, but uh, something we'll certainly be watching during the break. Um, we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska in just a second, but first let's get some final thoughts from you two as uh, the Flames take a one nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks. This is our Flames Talk postgame show. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. couple lines open right now if you want to chat on a Saturday night. Text line open at 969-60. Some final thoughts, though, from our broadcast duo of Megan and Derek, starting with Mick. Yeah, I think just circling back to, you know, it wasn't pretty, but they got the job done and they they stuck with it uh, I think that you know this break is much needed in terms of not just physically and the the grind of the schedule for these guys but you think of mentally also and especially I know that uh, we chatted about it a little bit earlier Derek just in terms of like this season every single game has been hard for them like there's teams where not every game is quote unquote hard in terms of you look at like Austin Matthews uh, and what he did for the Toronto Maple Leafs in that game. So you have a guy in a game like that, he steps up, scores three goals. Well, it makes it easier on the rest of the team. But for this Flames team, like every single game is hard on every single player and you have to be dialed absolutely every single day. And that is exhausting as a player. And I sort of made the comparison of it's like a balloon that you just keep pumping air into it. And the more you pump air into it, it's like it's going to pop eventually, Uh, you know. And so I think these guys really need this break. But the truth of the matter is, like, it's been hard, but it's not going to get any easier over the the course of the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, they just have to take the break for what it is, do whatever you need to do to recharge physically, mentally, and then get ready to come back and buckle right back up. Yeah. And I do think this team could use the break. Uh, I do. Uh, Last weekend when the guys got Friday and Sunday off, that raised a red flag for me. Um, And and it's, it's more than just the eye test. You know, the coaches can look at the players and say, I think they're tired mentally or physically or both, but they've also got, software you, you talk about the catapult yep. system they can yep. monitor everything with these guys now so uh, i do think that uh, fatigue has been a factor and you know, all 32 teams would say that uh, i would say western teams more so than eastern teams just because of the tough travel that that they have over the course of the 82 game regular season schedule but uh, mentally i think that uh, it's been tough at times as well they, they've had all these high priority restricted and unrestricted free agents. Uh, Obviously, the UFAs uh, are more front of mind than the RFAs at this point in time, and they've still got 
four of them, I would say, with Oliver Shillington back in the mix now and him being a top four, top five guy. And uh, everybody outside this building's wondering what's going to happen with those guys. You don't think the guys inside this building, yeah. including those actual guys, are wondering? Of course they are. So uh, I think it's a, a good time for the break, good way to go into the break with a win, uh, regardless of who it was against. And now you just try to reset yourself as best you can mentally and physically and, and get ready for the final 33 games of the regular season. I do wonder if this team will look the same. I think they're going to look different with guys like Pospisil coming back for sure. Maybe Pelche and Rooney or other guys coming up from the Wranglers. But, you know, are there significant changes between now and when they take to the ice at TD Garden in Boston to take on the Bruins on February 6th? We'll see. But Jacob Markstrom, absolutely outstanding tonight. They were probably going to be down two or three or more goals if not for how he played in the first half of this hockey game. He kept them in it. Elias Lindholm scores a, a timely power play goal. I think the PP's been their biggest Achilles heel so far this season. So um, important that the team got a big power play goal, the only goal in this game, and, and found a way to, to beat a Blackhawks team that has now lost 20 in a row on the road. Uh, so the Flames took care of business uh, and uh, I think everybody's looking forward to a break, including us. So uh, also looking forward to being back on February 6th. Uh, all right, Friends, have a good break. See you. Uh, see you sometime after next week. You Thanks, have a good Pat. break as well, Pat. You've I worked shall, hard yeah. for your break. I shall. I'll do what I can. Uh, Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson signing off as the Flames take a one nothing win over Chicago here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska, who uh, just wrapped up his thoughts following his team's one nothing win. Um, I thought there was six, seven guys that came to play. That's not enough on a normal night, but. Um, our goaltender, thankfully, was one of them, and I thought he was amazing tonight. What did you make of your power play today? Um, it scored a, a goal for us. That's a, a positive thing. You said it about Jacob. I mean, he was great tonight. We hear it so often. You guys, get the, the players, you give him credit for yeah. how good he's been. But a night like tonight was, was something sort of special. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. I mean, like, you look at our last number of games and, and we've gotten leaky. I think there's a little mental fatigue. So this, this break is coming at the right time for our team where the guys can get away for a little bit, not think about hockey. Um, but back to your, I guess, question on Jacob. He's been that way all year, you know, and, and tonight he was even more dialed in. He, he made the saves look relatively easy tonight, which is a, a nice thing for a coach to watch behind the bench. I asked Rasmus, like, is the is the goal just turn off your phone, get away from hockey, think about anything else? Thanks. Absolutely. There. I mean, they don't get many days off during the season, so it's nice for them to have a few days where they can think nothing of it. Like, just I, I really want them to be smart, be safe, and uh, enjoy their time with their families. Um, and still, at the same time, they're professionals. They're they're smart about what they do, so they maintain their conditioning, and then we'll come back and be ready to go and energize for a, a nice road trip. When you, when you talk about, you know, every team's looking to go into their break on yeah. a high note, so to speak. So how do you balance getting two points versus not being thrilled with the yeah. way it went? It's the two points. Like, we dropped four in a row. So, hey, hey you're not always going to be happy with everything about a game, but they found a way to win um, when things haven't been going our, our direction over the last little while. And as I mentioned earlier, um, there's situations when you need your leaders to be your best players, and I mentioned those seven guys. Well, a lot of them made up our, our leadership group. So um, Michael, his line, Tanny and Hanny on the back end, Marky, um, really good tonight. I know you wouldn't have seen Jacob's comments just now, but 
it's amazing. Like he stops that handful of breakaways tonight, yeah. and he's pissed off post game about the ones that he didn't stop in previous games. Can you just, I guess, put in perspective what that says about him? Um, I'll say he's a competitor. Like he's uh, when you look at our team. You look at captains and stuff. I, I know there's all this stuff in Vancouver a number of years ago when they made Luongo the, the captain way back when. Um, he's very much in our leadership group because how he holds himself and the presence that he has um, and the way he competes and the way um, he comes to rink every day rubs off on people. I think he's rubbed off on Dan Vladar in a, in a really big way. Uh, Dan continues to get better all the time, and I think a lot of that is from watching Jacob at the other end of the ice a lot of nights. How do you fix the breakaways right now? You, um, you know what, I, I think a lot of that is the mental fatigue. Like you're losing people that are skating right past you. Um, I, I think that's got a lot to do with it. What's a game like this like from a coaching perspective with sort of the, the balancing act you have with your blue line? Because obviously you lead hard on four guys. You have Oliver who hasn't played a ton. You're probably still yeah. trying to ease him in. How do you balance all the different things you need to balance a game like this? Well, we have to have we, – we're relying on – how to put it too few for too many that makes sense like they play too much they really do and when you have a number of games like back to back or four games in a week and you're asking them to play that much it's not realistic um, they'll give you everything they have because that's the type of people they are but um, it's it's hard and we as as coaches have to do a, a, a better job of managing minutes at times and um, trying to keep them or allow them to be in situations where they're still fresh because when you're not fresh that's when the mental mistakes come in um, and we want to try to avoid that if, if we can. And Elias is not exactly the most outlandish guy when he scores, but yeah. today he was pretty emphatic with that celebration. Did you catch that? And what do you see out of that? I, I didn't see the celebration, no. Um, but he's gone a while without scoring, and that's not normal for Elias. You know, when we when you think of Elias, he's got the um, the wrist shot where the puck is on and off his stick that's heavy and hard. Um, he hasn't. Um, gotten that away over the last little while. When you look at him over the last bit, he's had chances, but the finish sometimes just hasn't been there the way he's used to having it go in for him. Um, so it, it it weighs on a player um, when you're expected to score and expected to contribute like that. Um, and it's, it's probably a little bit of a relief for him. So now that he can go on this break, um, he can feel a little bit better about um, putting one in the back of the net as well. I didn't I didn't feel like that line was very good for us tonight so it was you know maybe yeah it's it's I guess my decision tonight what do you think of Oliver in a second game um, I, I liked his first game a little bit better but we kind of expect that um, he's gonna have some growing pains along the way he's been off for a long time but the way he skates and and how he's preparing himself right now, I don't think we're going to see um, that many dips in his game. So I'm expecting him to be a real important player for us coming back after the break. Head coach Ryan Huska, post-game, Flames take a one nothing win over the Blackhawks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome to uh, wrap up their pre-All-Star break schedule. They're not back until February 6th when they kick off a four-game road trip against the Boston Bruins. Hey, this is your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Phone lines open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960. Your phone calls, your text coming up next. 
as we continue along. one nothing your final score, and uh, tonight's game has been brought to you by South Point Toyota. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Your final score here at the Dome. The Flames take a 1-0 win over Chicago on the back of Jacob Markstrom's 32-save shutout. His 20th career shutout helps the Flames to a 1-0 blanking of the Hawks. As we continue on your Flames Talk post-game show, it's Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. i got to be honest with you, I, I don't come away from that game enamored with Calgary. I, I, I certainly... I didn't think that they honestly played a whole lot better tonight than they did against Columbus or St. Louis in the how those games went out, got away on them. Um, and in this one, Jacob Markstrom was was just outstanding. I mean, if if high dangers are nine one, and that's what they were at Natural Statric in favor of the Hawks, nine one in the first period. Then uh, in the second period, uh, they were three three at five on five. So. The, the, the Hawks had a 9-1 and a 12-4 edge after 20 and 40 when it comes to high-danger scoring chances. If that's the Oilers, if that's the Maple Leafs on this homestand, if that's Boston who they play coming out of the homestand, I, I don't know if, if this thing stays a, a 0-0 tie. Jacob was also outstanding, so maybe it does, but you know, you've got a Hawks team without Connor Bedard, so they're not necessarily blessed with high-end finishers. And you've got Jacob playing the way he's playing. Flames are pretty lucky to uh, – maybe lucky is the wrong word. The, the, the Flames had Jacob Markstrom to make sure that they were still in this game after 20 and after 30 and, and were able to go and score a timely playoff goal so, – a, a power play goal, rather. So I – um. Yeah, I wasn't enamored with the way they played. Um, they, they were definitely better in the third period of the one nothing lead, so I think that's your, your main positive. You had great performances from your top four on defense, uh, great performance from the backland line. Lindholm snapped a 15-game goalless drought. Didn't think he had himself an overly impactful game otherwise, but scored a goal, which they needed. So, yeah, I mean, look. Whether you think the Flames need to trade their entire group of UFAs and, and retool or you think that they need to do everything they can to make the playoffs, wherever you sit on that spectrum about what the Flames need to do between now and the March 8th trade deadline, I think we can all agree that losing to Chicago would have been miserable and that going into this all-star break with the team losing five in a row, probably not the way anybody wanted it to go. So they finished this homestand in a very lackluster fashion. Look, this homestand took them from being in a spot to make a move up the standings to, yeah, you know what? putting them back where they were, and that's multiple games out of the playoffs. Um, they took a step back on this homestand, and I think the way that the, the results took a step back and the overall way they played took a step back. And uh, of of the six games, I don't know if there was a complete effort in there from the Flames, and that's got to be a little frustrating. They were not great against Arizona, found a way. They had some really good stretches against Toronto, but then that uh, stretch in the first and second period where they took over and then they got their show ran in the third. They were dreadful in the first against Edmonton. They had a really awful third against St. Louis, an awful 40, final 40 against Columbus, and then tonight they relied too much on their goaltender through 30. So that's the negative side of things is that this homestand set them back and and they did take a step back on this homestand the good news is they finish it with a win they uh bookend it with a win and they still are in striking distance of a playoff spot and they still are in this mix 
which means they've got to come out and have themselves a good road trip uh, to come out of the All-Star break. They also have to use this break to their advantage and, and really try to get away from the um, kind of mental strain that this season is probably having on everybody right now with all the uncertainty and the bad start and the, the losing and, and you know all of what has gone, on, gone into this season. I think getting away from the mental strain, the mental stress of this season is going to be good for a lot of guys as they uh, go away on their all-star break and reconvene out east in uh, the northeast United States in about a week's time. Uh, okay, one phone line's open right now if you want to chat. 403-240-4444. Text line's open at 960-960 as well. But right now it's time for the save of the game. Save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes and uh, there were a lot of them to choose from from Jacob Markstrom tonight but the easy one came very late in the third period. Blackhawks center it. Coleman picks off the pass, but can't clear it out. Here's Karushev with a shot, saved by Markstrom, rebound, and Dickinson is denied by Markstrom, who makes a game-saving stop. Right at the buzzer. And that is one of the 32 of 32 made by Jacob Markstrom tonight. And that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Markstrom, the number one star, no questions asked. He was dynamite from start to finish. Let's hear from him inside the Flames locker room. Here's Jacob post game following his 20th career NHL shutout. How was that for you, Jacob, tonight? How'd you feel? No, I, I felt good. Uh, felt good, and uh, I thought we, uh, you know, their period was a really good period. We didn't, uh, you know, we didn't have much at all, and uh, we closed out the game. And uh, you know, that's what you need to do in a, in a one-goal game. So it was good. But obviously, the first where you, you had to make a number of key saves. Just what was that like? It seemed like breakaway after breakaway that you were stopping. No, I mean, obviously, you know, they had some fast guys, and you know, got some bounces, and uh, you know, it's kind of. Previous, previous previous few games, uh, you know, hasn't been able to, to stop them. So it was, uh, you know, for sure a little frustrating not to not to, to help the team out. And, and today I was able to, so uh, I was good. But you know, the guys play good. You know, the kill was really good, blocking blocking huge shots. And you know, even the the five on five and six was really good. I know you're a team guy, and two points that matter. But is it personally? Is it always gratifying to get a shutout? No, it's two points. That's it. Yeah. Does it feel though like you were dialed in? Like, is there a feeling of that when you were there? When those no, same feeling as all the other games this year, and yeah. just pucks, you know, stayed out of the net, which was you know nice. Uh, you know, last few games we we had some crazy bounces, and it was uh, it was nice to be on the the right side for those uh, for once. But it did feel like 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 what was the difference maybe between this game for you and say two nights ago? Nothing. Sorry, what did you see in front of you in terms of maybe what this group can build on after the break? I mean, I think third period we we built built on it. You know, that's that's a really good performance in the third, and you know we got picks deep and we forechecked and we, you know, we 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 had some opportunities to to score a, score the second one and we didn't we didn't just sit back. So I think the you know focus on third period that was really good and you know two points. Couple defensemen. Now Noah Hannafin skated almost a half hour. Other guys skated about 25 minutes. Are you cognizant of that late in the game? Understanding the guys have maybe skated a little more than they're used to, and kind of trying to help well, them not, out. In that not, not really. I'm out there for 60, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs>
There you go. That is Jacob Markstrom post game. His thoughts following a one nothing shutout win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's get to the text line for the first time tonight at nine sixty nine sixty. The phone lines are open if you want to chat uh, and jump in line. But the text line at nine sixty nine sixty. The phone lines four zero three two four zero forty four forty four. But to the text line we go. Starting with Scotty in Victoria. Uh, says overall lackluster performance positives Markstrom's stellar game resulting in a shutout finally a power play goal and a goal for Lindholm a win I guess except for team tank negatives everything else they just don't look great as of late looking forward to this long all-star break I think they all need a break from these poor performances keep up the great show Pat talk to you in February that comes from Scotty and Victoria appreciate it man keep the text coming when we're back after the all-star break this says, plan the parade. Barely eke out a win against the worst team in the NHL. Keep polishing this turd. Uh, this reads from Dan and Cochran. Should have played Vladar tonight, I jest. You always get those whenever I put out on Twitter. Jacob Markstrom getting the start. Ah, how could they do that? Get this guy out of there. Should have been Vladar. I'm like, what are these people? He's been one of their best players all year. What? I, I don't understand sometimes. Anyway, Jerry in Vancouver Island says, wow, a pretty close game with another bottom feeder. The only difference I see between the Flames and a team like the Hawks is that they already have a generational talent and will have another great draft pick this year, and the Flames will pick somewhere in the middle of the pack and be a middling team in perpetuity. That comes from Jerry. Uh, this reads, I'm smiling tonight for another Marky Masterclass. This was a bit of a trap game for the boys. Hawks coming in with a big losing streak that's just waiting to be broken, but the guy shut the door. Would have been really cool to see Marky try to go for the empty net on that last dump in, but he made the smart move. Uh, Patty, do you know how close Conroy may be to making a move for any of the UFAs? Uh, well, do I know how close he might be? No. Do I think that it's he's working on it? Yeah, I do. I think that that is uh, so that's that's now what he's trying I, I think that he is has been the entire time trying to make moves and seeing what's out there we're now less than five weeks from the trade deadline and I think that as it gets closer and closer um, some of those things will will come closer and closer but I think on at least a couple of them it might be right up until the deadline or close to it when we see a deal gets made because they're trying to maximize their value here, and and that's important as well. And there's nothing wrong with being patient if you're going to be maximizing value while you're being patient. Uh, this reads from Kyle in YYC. Uh, don't have much for you tonight. It was a win. It wasn't a pretty win, but it was a win. I love watching Shillington play. He's very effective the way he positions himself. If they have to trade Hannafin, they almost kind of replaced him with Shillington coming back. I can't understand why Huska's changing the lines as much as he is. Consistency is what they're lacking. Let the lines gel a bit. Uh, Markstrom, there are no words with how great he's been. Another standout. Enjoy your break, Pat. Thanks a bunch. Well, the only thing I'd say to that, Kyle... On the Lions front, they've actually been pretty, prior to this game tonight, they've been pretty static for a couple of months. Like, Kadri Pospisil got hurt, so that's changed things. But Kadri Pospisil Zeri had been aligned since, like, November. Uh, Huberto, Sharon Govich, Lindholm had been together for more than a month. Uh, and Backlund, Manjapani, Coleman had been back together for more than a month. So they've actually been pretty static. They'd lost four in a row. I actually was expecting them to change up the lines for this game tonight. I don't think it was a resounding success, but I understand why they did change them. 
This from Josh. Uh, awesome second half at the Dome. Lindholm finally scores, but Markstrom was simply the best Flames player with a shutout. Uh, the defense played well as well. Um, this from Randy from Tom Hill. Says team tried to tank it, but they didn't give Markstrom the memo. Uh, this reads, uh, no one has an issue with... Uh, with Montreal treating players like assets, Flames should follow suit or continue to see dwindling attendance. Uh, they are not making the playoffs anyways, and no one cares if you just miss but don't make yourself better going forward. Markstrom, Coleman, Kadri, along with any UFAs, should be primed to send packing. A few of those are a little difficult to do in season, even if that is what the Flames wanted to do. This from Stafford who says, uh, I won't belabor the point that we need to be better despite the win, so I'll just leave you with two questions. First, your thoughts on Shillington's second game back. Second, there was chatter of Markstrom and Tanev going to Jersey for a 2024 first-round pick and one of Jersey's former first-round prospects. Would you pull the trigger on that deal? I I don't know what that chatter is, Stafford. I'm not saying there hasn't been that chatter online. I just don't know what the the online rumor is that you're talking about on that one. So I, I can't credibly talk about that I I still feel like it's unlikely that Markstrom moves between now and the deadline but not completely out of the question Uh, as for Shillington's second game back uh, I thought it was fine I I thought it was um, you know similar to the second game where you still saw the skating still saw the um, still saw the instincts there he still is is working on timing and and you know some some timing with the puck on his stick however um i i didn't mind his game defensively i thought he was uh, pretty good in the in his own zone and i uh, had a couple of uh you know made a couple of nice reads in his own end at times so you know for a guy working his way back and playing between 13 14 minutes a night thought he was uh thought he was just fine and and awesome to see him back out there this from dylan in revy who says always impressed when the flames even and show up for half the game against a bottom feeder. What a fantastic squad they've put together this season. Random question, um, what is Jordan Sigalette's actual job these days, and what does he do? I'll actually tell you, Jordan Sigalette might have one of the more thankless jobs in the organization. That guy is on the road, schlepping it all the time, looking for new goaltending prospects. And, you know, the work that he does, I I can't even believe I'm about to say a bunch of nice things about Sigalette, but um, no, I'm kidding. He's a wonderful human. That's why I say that. Uh, But this guy is on the road. He's he's in small towns in the Midwest United States watching showcases for different leagues. He's watching college hockey in small towns. Um, he's taking trips to Europe and going through four or five connections to get there. And and he's he is always on the lookout for new goaltenders. So, you know, go take a look at Yegor Yegorov's numbers. Uh, he was the goaltender they drafted in this drafted in this most recent draft. Go look at his numbers and that's a really exciting prospect five, six years down the road that the Flames were able to identify and, and they were able to find. Well, that's that's Jordan Sigalette pouring over video thanklessly for the last number of years. And, and he's been over to uh, Finland and, and Sweden and, and Russia and Belarus and all these places over the last number of years uh, looking at players and trying to find uh, different diamonds in the rough. You know, Dustin Wolf is not a member of the Flames organization, if not scheduled by Jordan Sigalette. That was when he was still the goaltending coach, but at the time, he was still doing a lot of the overall draft scouting and identifying, so that's what the guy does. Siggy is 
always looking for new goaltenders and not just looking in the Canadian Hockey League, not just looking in the USHL, NCAA. This guy's identifying prospects everywhere. Um, so, and again, whether it's Yegorov or Sergeyev or Wolf or whoever they draft next, um, you know there's been a lot of legwork and a lot of sweat equity that went into finding him. Uh, so that's kind of what, what Sigalette does mostly now. Uh, this reads, Flames were outplayed again. Lucky for them, Markstrom came to play. Uh, should be first, second, and third star. Coach needs to start sitting some players, not putting out the effort. And finally, from Ash, I thought Lindholm was absolutely clutch on the faceoff dot in the last few minutes of the game. Also, didn't love the Flames' fourth line, consisting of all three players who shoot right. Finally, what are your thoughts on a trade with the main asset centering around Lindholm to the Caps for multiple picks and Kuznetsov? Uh, I, I don't love it, to be perfectly honest with you. Kuznetsov is, I, I think, if, if not the same age, then older than, than Lindholm. So I, I don't love that specifically. Because if they're going to be getting an NHL player, unless it's for salary reasons, which you don't really need because of Lindholm's team-friendly cap hit, I I, I think that you need young players, not guys that far into their career. So, uh, Ash, I I don't love that one personally. Keep the text coming at 960-960. Lots of time to still get your text in. And let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight at 403-240-4444. Flames win 1-0 over the Chicago Blackhawks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. This is your Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Kicking us off on the phone lines tonight, let's say hello to George. What's up, Georgie? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Good, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. Calling you from sunny and beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. I took my little vacay a little early. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, pretty happy with it. It's short but sweet. Um, so you remember the conversation we had a while back about the conflicted Flames fan and how I was one of them? Yes. So, again, man, this, this stretch of games, for me, were very hard watch. Um and it was unfortunately a reminder of a couple of hard truths. And the first being that they just aren't a very good hockey team this year. Like, they've had their moments. They play hard. I, I've said it a thousand times. I will never fault their effort. But they're just just not a good team. Like, they don't look like a playoff team, you know. And this five-game run has shown that. And then the second hard truth being that, unfortunately, losing more than winning at this point very likely better for the long term of the franchise. But being having said that, it still sucks to watch. Like it's been tough. Like watching even tonight, I know they got the win, but let's be honest, Markstrom got them that win tonight. I mean that like you watch the period like the first period tonight and it's I don't mean at all to disparage the Chicago Blackhawks man, but they're the thirty second team in the league right now, literally. Yep. <laughs> They've lost twenty well before this, nineteen games on the road and you show up like that. Like, come on. You know what I mean? Like and then you wonder why there are more frustrated Flames fans or not. No, I, 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 I get it. Yeah, so it's just like I said. It's like, I, you know, I won't. I, I can't actively cheer for this team to quote unquote lose. But like, let's be honest. And it's, I'm not. I'm not trying to go like all negative on this call. But at the same time, like that four game losing streak pretty much crushed any hope they have now of making a playoff. They they got to go at like a 700 clip now to make it and. A, that's going to be difficult even if they were playing well. And B, time's running out. And it just it just doesn't feel like a team that's all of a sudden going to go on a 700 clip, you know, from now to the end of the season. 
it's, it, it, I'm, I'm with you. It does seem unlikely. I don't, I don't blame you for thinking that. And, and it becomes even more difficult to do if you end up trading away a, a number of important players, right? Yep, which is where I'm going next. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I think it's imminent now. Even there are rumblings, you know, it's being talked about more and more. You know, Friedman's talking about it more. A lot of the insiders are talking about the Flames and trading their prospective uh, upcoming UFAs here. Um, the rumor mill is really starting up. I know on uh, uh, Friedman mentioned uh, Ottawa having an interest in Tanev. What's your opinion about that? And do you think, like, okay, you, let's say, hypothetically speaking, you can work out a deal with uh, – trading Canev to Ottawa. Do you think they would give up their first round pick knowing that they won't make the playoffs either this year? I don't know, man. That was uh that was not a team that I was expecting. You know, it's funny, Wes texted me earlier today and was like Kind of seems like a day we might get a, a Friedman news bomb on uh, Saturday headlines. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. We haven't heard from we haven't heard from uh, Elliot on the Flames in in more recent Saturday headlines. So I was I was wondering if he was going to have any Flames news today. And and as you mentioned, he had that that piece of information about the Senators targeting Chris Tanev. And I was like, what? That seems not not questioning Elliot, but more just like. What? Why the Senators? Um, now, I get it. You know, Derek Derek brought up the point to me, like maybe Brady Kachuk sees, uh, kn- knows what Chris Tanev brings to a team. When, when Matthew played as, as his teammate, he's like, hey, that's a guy that's a culture guy that we need to bring in. Uh, obviously, I think if you're a team like Ottawa who'd be interested in Tanev at the deadline, you'd be interested in him for more than just this year. So there'd probably be a contract extension that you'd think that would be mixed in because the Sens aren't making the playoffs either. Do I think they'd give up their first round pick this year? I would doubt it for the reasons you just mentioned that they're not going to the playoffs either. So probably don't want to give up a unprotected lottery pick. Uh, so I, I would doubt they'd give up their first round pick this year for a guy like Tanev. Maybe a first round pick next year, though. That that doesn't seem out of the question. I'm not off the top of my head fully familiar with the Sens have for their picks, though. Yeah, and especially considering if they can work out a contract extension with him. Uh, you definitely would have to, you know, ask for and receive more. So it was just interesting because, honestly, I think he'd be an excellent fit on Ottawa. But I wonder, and I don't want to speak for Chris Tanev, of course, but I wonder if that's a team he'd want to, like, go to even long-term, right? Like, you think the guy, like, who puts his body and soul on the line every night would want to go to a team he has a really good chance to try to compete for a cup for? That was the only thing I kind of questioned. But I don't doubt, like, I, I think – all 32 teams in this league, including Calgary, would want a Chris Tanev, right? So I don't question a team wanting him. I question what he wants. I don't know if he even has any move protection, so I don't think he could even veto a trade, could he? Uh, what does Tanev have for trade protection? He has got a modified uh, no trade, so he's got a 10-team uh, list that he could put uh, that, that, that he cannot go to. Now, that's – again, those are not – um, th- those are also not things that are complete hurdles. Uh, you-, you can get past them, too. Like, you could also say, hey, Team X, would you go there? And if he says yes, well, then he can still make the trade, right? Yeah, very true. Yeah, it will be interesting, Patty. I uh, I foresee changes coming quickly now. Um, they-, they can make trades during this nine-day break, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, um, 
I foresee, and I could be totally wrong, but I think we're going to see at least one of those guys moved uh, before that game on February 6th with Boston. It'll be interesting I don't know. to see. But, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. And the reason I say that is because I, I, they're still trying to, ma- they're trying to maximize, and to this point they haven't gotten offers that they have been enamored with. So I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't have a feel on it myself. Yeah. Hey, look, the closer we move to the deadline, the higher the value is going to go up. I did, that's the way I feel, too. So it's not like I'm – from one end, I'm not in a in a rush. From the other, I'm kind of anxious to kind of get this over with already. So it's, it's kind of a two-way sword there. Anyway, my friend, I'll let you get on to other callers. I'm assuming you are taking a vacation during this break. Yes, I will. Uh, Flames Talk, this is the last Flames Talk episode until uh, February 5th. Beautiful, my friend. If you are traveling, I hope you have safe travels. And regardless of what you're doing, I hope you enjoy yourself and stay safe, buddy. Thanks, Georgie. Enjoy Phoenix, buddy. Thanks, man. Take care of yourself. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following the Flames, one nothing win over Chicago. Got a couple of lines open if you want to chat on this Saturday night here on your Flames Talk post-game show. Steinberg along with you as we say hello to Con. What's going on, Con? Hi, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good to hear from you. Oh, oh, pretty good. Uh, we are back in the same one, the losing ship. What's that? Uh, like we lose in October, November, right? What? I I don't I don't know if I remember. Uh, when the season starts, uh, we didn't get any win. Yes, they had a they had a tough start to the season for sure. Tough start, exactly. exactly. That's all I'm talking about. Uh, I think even today, yeah, we really win, but uh, we uh, how are we gonna go forward? Well, that's that's the big question now, right? Is is what comes next for for this group? I I, I think. I think what we have seen here, Con, is in the, the last the last couple of weeks and, and on this six game homestand, I, I, I think Craig Conroy and company had been leaning in a certain direction for quite some time. And and I think that their mind has been pretty clear that yeah, they're they're gonna be making some moves between now and the trade deadline and making some moves that will be future oriented trading away some of their ufas between now and the trade deadline but i think they always opened or or left the door open for the flames to convince them that maybe they could go a slightly different direction while you come home from a road trip to start off your longest homestand of the season and you you go two and four on it um, you don't really look good at any point on it, honestly, um, or, or at the very least, you didn't play a complete game on this homestand, and you move in, a, in the opposite direction. So I, I, I do think what we're going to see is between now and the trade deadline, we are going to see some some players traded out here because it, it just it seems like the, the most uh, sensible way for this organization to go. You didn't do that. Like, uh, uh, I think uh, we are waiting for the deadline, right? And uh, the way I seen is we haven't got any big offer for any of the uh, restricted 
you know, players. I think they're waiting to. I, I think they're waiting to hit their price, and so I, I think the teams have been. Um, I, the teams have been generally lowballing the Flames on some of these conversations for quite some time, and Craig Conroy's approach has been okay. Like you can offer whatever you want, we've got a price. We're going to stick to that price, and if we hit that price, then we'll make a deal. Like they hit on the Toffoli trade, and and they did on the Zadorov trade, and the Zadorov trade they also had to to make happen a little quicker. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's why there's a lot of talk and, and speculation that they may wait until the deadline because that might be how long they have to wait for teams to actually start seriously making offers and, and for the Flames to get the value that they believe they deserve on some of these pieces. So we'll see, Con, but I think that that is the direction that we're going to see this group going. Con, I can, Con, I can, Con, I can, now, now I can hear you, yep. Uh, yeah, this is my city and I'm looking for new, new arena. So, yeah, I want to see, like, uh, where we are going. Like, I cannot go for last 20 years since I'm into, I'm been fan, actually. As you can say, I didn't born here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I want to see this speed. You know, 89 is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you're t- telling me. So was 2004, the last time they were on a deep that playoff run. That's 20 years ago, Con. Yeah. That's two decades ago. Yeah, yeah, that was the closest one, right? Yeah. That was the closest But the last, last yeah, I, we need to go and figure out we want to win here. Well, you know, and I think. Middle, okay. I think, and, and you're right. I mean, you're, you're speaking for a lot of people, my friend, that are, are saying that, yeah, we want to see this team win. We don't want to just see them be a, a middle-of-the-pack team that tries to, to get in, and, and that's it. And so I, I think the thing, that, the, the point that you bring up about a new building, a new arena coming, is that I think they'd like to be a, a – I, I think they'd like to use that. So kind of 2027, um, the fall of 2027 is kind of what we're thinking – when the new building might open and so point towards then as a time where maybe you're ready to be really good again i think that's what they're trying to do con and and we'll see if they can do it and and that's why this trade deadline is going to be so important because if you're looking down the road for two and a half three years from now as to when you want to be really good again you've got to maximize on this trade deadline and maximize with the the players that that you are are likely going to move out it's going to be fascinating, my friend. I appreciate the call, hey? Okay, I appreciate that. That's all, man. Take Thanks, care. Con. We'll and talk one soon. One more thing. One yeah, more yeah. thing. Uh, one more thing. Uh, I just want to share it uh, because you are very good. Uh, when I start calling this channel, like uh, this show, yeah, uh, I was blind. What's At that? At time, I was blind. I oh, really? I lost my vision that time. Okay. Uh, uh, I lost my vision that time, so I couldn't even see anything. So I was even I even called that uh, called that time. Well, that's uh, awesome. I got my vision back, and I appreciate you know 
uh, you know, like that was a great thing. I, even I, even I cannot even see it. I can ask questions. Well, that's awesome. I'm, Con, I'm glad your vision's back. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely back. Like we are back. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. But that was the time you were there, and I appreciate that. Uh, you have yourself a great night. I'm glad you're listening. It's good to hear from you again. I can see that too, bro. Thank you. Thanks, Con. We'll talk soon. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames uh, one nothing win. Got a few lines open if you want to chat. It's a Saturday night, and, and we're a little later on. I get it. But if you want, uh, phone lines are open. If you want to chat, you won't get a, a busy signal at 403-240-4444. one nothing Flames win over Chicago. Emerson is up next. What's up, Emerson? Hello. How we doing, bud? Uh, Great. Um, I was at the game tonight and uh wasn't the best win, but I had a lot of fun. And um, in the warm-up, I was watching Uyghurs crossovers. They were really good. And Lindholm's goal, I it looked amazing. And at least they won. So, and tell uh, me, so you, you liked? Uh, you said you liked Uyghurs crossover. Like you, you were watching him skate during warm-up. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh-huh. And um, in the second period, I think, they were um, – Lindholm was shooting on the right side of the rink, and um, he uh, could have gotten the goal, but he lost track of the puck, and um, Chicago got it, which we could have gotten the goal, but sadly we didn't. <laughs> so, uh-huh. And um, – and uh, is Klapka going to play for the rest of the season? I don't know. They sent uh, they sent they sent Klapka to the uh, to the American League tonight. So they sent Klapka, Schwint, and Coronado back to the the Wranglers. Um, oh. So yeah, uh, but I, I I think I don't know. I don't know. He um, he. I think he looks a little over his head right now. Um, yeah. I, I think I think some more time in the American League might be the way to go for him. I don't know if we see him back up after the All-Star break. So my guess would be that, no, he's not in the NHL for the rest of the season. Doesn't mean he won't oh. be back at uh, some point, but I, I, would, I would guess he doesn't come back right away would be my guess. Yeah. Um, and... Uh... How many breakaways did Chicago had? Because I Jeez. think it's five. You counted five? I would have said four or five off the top of my head, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They got to do better. Well, um, thank you. Hey, thank you, Emerson. Good call, buddy. Thank you. Have a good night, hey? Okay, you too. Thanks for the call, man. That's awesome. I always love that. Um, take uh, one more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room following this one nothing win over Chicago. Uh, we say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand? Good evening, Patty. Uh, what do you say right now? It's happy Sunday or happy Saturday. We still have one more minute, uh, whether it be so. Happy Sunday to you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, a couple of points from me as well. Yeah, great game tonight. Uh Definitely a win is a win. And we since when, like, after the uh, few home game stretches, the uh, bad ones we had, especially against uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Edmonton, Oilers, and Toronto Maple Leafs, so this is fantastic. Uh, Lindholm on the power play, 
that was great. Um, glad he's at least got a goal and snapped his uh, goalless drought. And hopefully he feels good heading into the All-Star game. Uh, I would want to say also Zaria and Coronato look fantastic. And uh, Manjapani had a couple of good looks too. I have two questions for you. Uh, so first one, uh, we, I know you touched a little bit earlier already, uh, but uh, looks like Tanev, uh, the Ottawa Senators have a radar or eye on him. Uh, what do you think our return will look like if Tanev were to get traded to Ottawa? I honestly, I, I don't know uh, because... My my guess would be that if Ottawa were to be the team that acquires him, that that still that still is an odd fit based on kind of what we thought might be the um, kind of the what we thought might be the more or, or most realistic landing spots for a guy like Tanev. Ottawa would not have been one of the teams that I pointed to first of all, only because they're not going to the playoffs. Like Tanev seems like a guy who would be perfect for a team that's looking to make a playoff run. Now that the Flames don't care where, like they're not worried about whoever gives them the best deal. They're going to make a trade with. Um, so you know whether that team's a playoff team or not, like that that's immaterial to Calgary. But I do think it is a little interesting that Ottawa is a team that's been mentioned by Elliott on that. Um, I, I don't know if you could get a first-round pick for Tanev. I don't. But if you could get uh, a second-rounder and if you could get uh, a nice other piece, like a nice young player on top of that, I think that you'd be uh, I think you'd be happy if, if you're the Flames, whether it's Ottawa or, or anybody else. So I, I don't really and, and have a um, – a huge, um, like I, my, my knowledge base on all of what the senators have. I haven't taken a good enough look at it yet. But if you could Fair get, if, yeah. if you could get, if you could get um, a second round pick, or maybe if you could push it to a first round pick down the road, um, especially if there's a contract extension that goes into it, because that's the other thing. If the sen- the Sens aren't getting Tanev as a rental, they're they're going to want to have Tanev for more than just one one little last stretch of a season. They're going to want some extra time with them. So if that's the case, they probably also need to pay a little more to, to start talking about a contract extension there too. So, yeah, if you could get somewhere in that range, I think that you'd be okay. All right, gotcha. All right, thank you. And my second question uh, regarding the fourth line, I know AJ Greer was ruled out uh, for about eight weeks, and then we have now this Alta break. So coming back from the break, uh, what do you expect the fourth line to look like? Maybe a Pelche return or something like that? I think there's a chance anyway that Pelche could be back, yeah. Um, he's played one AHL game now. He didn't play tonight uh, because yeah. uh, the second half of back-to-back, they're just you know trying to manage the all of the wear and tear, and, and he's only played one game since the preseason now. Um, but I think Pelche's got a chance. I think Rooney's got a chance. I, I got to be honest. I don't know if Schwint has done enough to be automatically back when uh, because uh, again, right after the game tonight, they sent Schwint, Klapka, and Coronado back to the Wranglers so they can get some games in while the Flames are on their break. Um, I don't know if Schwint has done enough to automatically be back and and to um, be back after the All-Star break. If Rooney's ready, I think he's a possibility. Um, And then, obviously, Pelche as well. So, yeah, I think it will be a different-looking fourth line when they come back. 
All right. Okay. Just two more points quickly. Uh, so first one, I just um, yeah, just want to thank you. Uh, so I I would like to do three star shout out. So first star goes to you, Derek Wills, Megan Mickelson, the Sportsnet crew. The second star goes to all the fans and listeners who have been listening to me and throughout the entire program. And third star goes to uh, Jacob Marstrom and the team tonight. Uh, for being awesome and getting the win. Congratulations on a shutout. All right, thanks, Matt. All the best for the Ulster break. Have a great break. Uh, enjoy your vacation, and we'll talk to you soon uh, when you're back. Thanks, Anand. Good stuff, buddy. Appreciate the call. Yeah, have a good night. Take it. Uh, that'll uh, bring us into our next trip inside the Flames locker room. I can't tell you, though. Phone lines do remain open at 403-240-4444, so keep your calls coming. If you want to chat on this Saturday night following a Flames one nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks, it's Pat Steinberg on your Flames Talk postgame show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Only goal tonight was scored by Elias Lindholm with a little more than four minutes to go in the second period. Here is Elias post game inside the Flames locker room. What was your assessment of, of that one? I mean, uh, Marky, Marky gave us two points there uh, for sure. I think uh, obviously it was uh, not good enough for more side. Um, we had some time during the game where we played some good hockey and had some awesome, but you know overall we weren't weren't there. And obviously Marky stole two points for us, so it was you know it's always nice to win. You had a pretty emphatic celebration when your goal went in. Was that a bit of a relief as well? Oh, I mean, it's it's been a while. Um, had a lot of chances, just uh, haven't been able to put them in. And uh, yeah, so um, it's always nice to score, uh, score again, and, and obviously have the team one. Did, uh, did the power play feel a little bit closer to where you wanted? Did you get right away? Uh, yeah, except we gave up a big chance there. Uh, on the first one, but uh, yeah, the second uh, when we scored, I thought we moved the puck well, and, and you know, um, Jaeger had a, had a nice shot uh, just before I scored too. So uh, obviously we, we try to get better and, and uh, nice to get a break here and, and refresh and come back better. You guys are always quick to compliment Jake Markstrom and, and what he does, and for good reason. But this one really does it feel different? But this one he really did kind of stand up. Yeah, I mean. I don't know how many breakaways they had. had. You know, I feel like every every game we're, we're giving up a lot of a lot of great A's or breakaways. And, I mean, uh, this last stretch has been been tough for us, and we haven't been there. Um, the game hasn't been where we want it to be, and, and uh, you know, this guy has been battling uh, every game and gave us a chance to uh, to be in it and, and uh, you know have a chance to win. Um, obviously, we haven't. Uh, given anything back but uh, you know so it was nice to see him play well again and, and give us two points is this one of those games where you almost feel like relieved to win like like it seems a little bit different than say winning 5-1 versus this team type of thing like is it a little bit different yeah yeah I mean um, like we talked about uh, this last stretch has been been tough um, it looked um, uh our, yeah, our game hasn't uh, been good enough, and, and obviously, when you know, uh, when we play at home, we want to play well and play good in front of our fans. And, and obviously, we haven't given them, uh, you know, good reason uh, to be here. But uh, obviously, it's nice to, to get two points today, and, and hopefully, you know, everyone uh, refresh, reload, and, and come back better. Well, everyone always says 
you know, if you win your last one before the break, you go in feeling good, and, and yet what we're hearing from you is this team shouldn't be satisfied other than Jake with what they did. So what is sort of the feeling going into the break now? No, I mean, uh, two points. I mean, we got the two points, and, uh, you know, uh, I thought backs, backs line played, played really well for us and, and so on. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, it will be nice with a couple of days here and, and you know, uh, get your mind off hockey a little bit and, and refresh. That is Calgary's all-star, Elias Lindholm. He scored the only goal of this game tonight as the Flames take out the Chicago Blackhawks. one nothing on the strength of Jacob Markstrom's 32 saves. You kind of hear that. You heard that from Ryan Huska. You heard that from Elias Lindholm right there. You even heard it from Connor Zeri when he joined us live. It's like, yeah, they're happy to get the win. They, they needed to get the win in any way, shape, or form, but also felt like they left Jacob Markstrom out to dry too much. Didn't like their effort, but needed the win is kind of the the refrain you're hearing from the Flames understandably with the way that game went. Uh, let's select tonight's player with heart brought to you by Heart Fit Clinic and uh I I have to give an honorable mention to Michael Backlund. I thought Backlund drove his line tonight and was outstanding. thought the captain was the best forward the Flames had tonight. Um, And I thought that line with him, Coleman, and Andrew Mangiapane were outstanding and by far Calgary's best line. So an honorable mention to Michael Backlund, but I got to go with Noah Hannafin tonight. He uh, led Every skater in this game with 27 minutes and 13 seconds. He was second on the team with eight shot attempts. Uh, He was tied for first on the team with four scoring chances. He got one shot on net, and he was just all over the place. I I thought that Noah Hannafin was outstanding, and uh, he has got to be your player with heart tonight. Uh, Absolutely um, stellar performance from number 55. Noah Hannafin, your player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office visit heartfit.ca your final score flames one hawks nothing 32 save shutout for jacob markstrom and tonight's game has been brought to you by south point toyota Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for a final time check in with rasmus anderson post game after this one nothing shutout win Thoughts on that one? Uh, one nothing victory going into the break. Uh, nothing better winning one nothing. Um, without Marky, uh, you know, with their eight breakaways, that I was on for seven of them, and uh, without Marky, you know, um, probably would have lost this game. He was uh, he was really good tonight, and uh, it was it was good to see how powerful he got too. Frustrating for you, Rasmus, to to have to rely on your goalie like that. Uh, yes and no. I mean, obviously, you, you want to. Put on a better performance for a goalie, but uh, you know he was dialed in tonight and uh, he played an outstanding game. And uh, you know sometimes you need your goalie to steal a game, and uh, today was a perfect example of that. Is it, is it a little bit different? It seems like a re- sense of relief. Like do you celebrate when like, it's the same way you would another one when your goalie kind of? I mean, we didn't play our best tonight. Uh, that's you know nothing. I was a dog, I was. Uh, it was a few guys that uh, were going today, and uh, a lot of us, uh, uh, myself included, who wasn't going today. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, sense of, I don't know, relief, if that's the right word. But, you know, to win one um, before before the break, yeah, you know, our our homestand here hasn't been the best. So um, it was it was really nice to get the, get the win tonight. Is it time for a break for this team? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean... T- 
I'm not gonna lie, it's it's a, it's a tricky game, right? And you know, you, you know, kind of in the back of your head that it's the last game, and then you know it's a break, but you can't let your you know your your thoughts kind of overcome the game. And uh, I, I don't know if that was the issue tonight, or you know, if we just played a sloppy game. And uh, but you know, it was a little bit of a trap game, uh, but um, obviously. Really happy that we came out with the with the win because we really needed that. If if you guys don't win this game and go in on a five game skid, not feeling like you played your best, like how how sort of clutch is it for Jacob to get you guys two points on a night like this? Yeah, as I said, I mean he was outstanding today, but um, we shouldn't be too happy with this game either way. Uh, we didn't play our best, and um, yeah, uh, it, it was a tricky one for sure, and. Uh, uh, it was a good thing that Marky and uh, a few other guys were dialed in because there was a lot of us uh, who, who weren't. Do you just try to shut off all hockey? Sorry? Do you just try to shut off all hockey during the break? Just get away? Uh, I mean, for the first few days you're trying to, but, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard, uh, especially, you know, even in the summer. I mean, it's always in the back of your head. And, uh, but, you know, you're really going to try to just get away and... You know, enjoy a nice beer by the pool and uh, just uh, try to, as you said, Last get get, uh, get hockey away from uh, from your thoughts for a little bit. Elias yeah. is pretty um, guarded with us, like his emotions. Is he? Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> 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 for him to score that goal, I mean, he had a pretty emphatic celebration. What is that like for you guys to see? Because I'm, I, he won't tell us 15 games away. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's not like any one of us sits in here and, you know, thinking that this guy hasn't scored for that amount of games and this guy hasn't done that. You know, we're we're winning as a team and we lose as a team. And um, But it's obviously nice for Lindy to see that one go in. And uh, I didn't know it was 15 games. But, uh, you know, you can kind of sense the relief a little bit in, in his celebration. He usually doesn't celebrate too hard when he scores. And um, so you can sense the relief and... Uh, it was it was nice for him to see that one go in for sure. He can feel good about himself now at the Ulster game. There you go. That is uh, Rasmus Anderson post game following a one nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks here at the Scotia Bank Saddle Dome. As we continue along on your Flames Talk post game show, it's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolytics Biotech. Dot com And the Flames are not back in action now until February 6th. That is a Tuesday. Uh, they're on the road in Boston to kick off a four-game road trip. Uh, it's a 5 o'clock face-off right here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan, Sportsnet West on television. Uh, be the first of two games between Calgary and Boston this season. Overall, Flames have lost their last three head-to-head games with the Bruins, including losing last year 3-1 and then 4-3 in overtime. And that game, the uh, Bruins and Linus Allmark absolutely stole here in this building. So that is the first game of the road trip. And they're in action on February 8th in New Jersey, Feb 10 against the Islanders, and then February 12th at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers. Uh, so that's next up for the Flames. They don't play again until a week from Tuesday after this game sends them into their all-star break. There you go. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolytics Biotech. 
dot com. Uh, let's get back to the text line now at nine sixty nine sixty. This says, uh, Pat, please tell us something about Ruzichka for the last time so I can sleep inside the house again. Um, as nice as it, is, as it is for January, I'd like to be allowed back inside. Uh, just tell my girl he wasn't good so I can warm up. Of course, that comes from the boyfriend. Uh, we've, we've got a couple who listens to Flames Talk religiously, and um, the uh, the boyfriend side, um, not a fan of Adam Ruzichka when he was here. The girlfriend side loved Adam Ruzichka, uh, who is now, of course, a member of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, I, I think here's what I would say about Adam. There's a lot of talent there. There is a lot to like about his uh, skill set and a lot to like about um, some of the things he can bring to a game. But the the overall commitment to being, uh, the, the, the commitment needed to be that full-time NHL player, impact player, you know, the commitment to the details, the commitment to the work ethic, all that type of stuff has, has always been inconsistent and thus I think that's why you've seen a really inconsistent Rizichka. I think the Flames gave him every opportunity to succeed. I think they gave him more opportunity maybe than than he'd even earned to succeed here and that's because they liked the package that he brought to the table so much. It never worked out to the extent that the Flames or, or Adam would have liked. And so they put him on waivers. And, uh, you know, many thought there was a pretty decent chance that he'd get claimed on waivers. He did, um, and he's now a member of the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Coyotes lost earlier today 3-1 to the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I'm just uh, checking to see if he even made the roster report. He did make the roster report, and he was a healthy scratch in this game for the Coyotes. So uh, he did not play for the Coyotes today uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes. As for New Jersey, just as I'm thinking about it right now, uh, they lost 6-3 on the road in Tampa. They claim Nick D. Simone off waivers earlier in the week as well. D. Simone was a healthy scratch for New Jersey tonight in their loss against Tampa. Bay, if you were wondering. So hopefully that gets you out of the doghouse. Hopefully that gets you inside, my friend. Um, this says, uh, I'm curious from Jesse, curious how this season stacks up against previous seasons in recent Flames history pertaining to overall appeal, star power, entertainment, etc. I feel like this is a low in the past four to five years. Well, I mean, you know, since they lost Kachuk and Gaudreau, the star power has definitely gone down. Um, and so... In that respect, yeah, there's not a ton of those headline players here, of course. Um, in terms of the entertainment value, I'd actually say this year better than last year. I thought last year was was hard to watch too often. And so, yeah, I think actually the overall entertainment value, however many games in, this is what, game 49? So 49 games in. I think the entertainment value has actually been higher this year significantly than it was last year. Um all that being said, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of the actual appeal of the team, they're a, they're, they're a hard-working, roll-four-lines, kind of some-of-their-parts team. This is not a team that is, is run by superstars. There's no doubt about that. Um, this says uh, from Ned Cat on Highway 2, this one's for Pat. You know how many times Lindholm says you know in his scrums? Uh, it's incredible. Uh, great show and a shout-out to Wes asking Lindy a question starting with you know. You know, I, I should have pre-read that because I, I wouldn't have read that anyway. I appreciate you listening, Ned. But I, I always will. I will always defend a player doing a media scrum in front of a bunch of microphones live 
speaking their second language. And I know that Swedes speak English like it's going out of style, and they all learn it from the age of three or six or whenever they start learning English. It's still Elias's second language, so of course he'd have a bunch of you-knows in there. It's his second language. French is my second language. Want to know what it would sound like if I was talking French live in front of a bunch of yeah? There'd be a lot of uhs and uh, allure and like I, I'd be I'd be dropping a lot of uh, words in there as well. So I don't ever criticize a guy doing media in their second language. Um, Sean writes, Pat, what do you think about Tanev to Ottawa for Tarasenko, providing he would sign here? That comes from Sean. I do not like that. Tarasenko is uh, over um, is over 30 years old now. Uh, I, I don't think that is the type of return that you're looking for if you're moving a guy like Chris Tanev. If, if you're getting a player back, that player's got to be like 22, 23 years old, uh, and, and, and you're, you're probably looking for picks. I, I A 32-year-old Tarasenko for Tanev doesn't really make – much sense to me uh, with the direction the Flames are going. Um, this says, Pat, as a 32-year-old, I've been watching the team since 2013 and the Hoodler era. I'm so heartbroken. The Flames are not winning a cup or making the second round. Uh, this reads, I think the Flames made the wrong decision hiring Huska as coach. They should be playing way better than this, and the coach needs to take some of the blame. They should trade the coach, not the players. Why change up the lines? and mess with the chemistry they had. They got lucky tonight beating one of the worst teams in the league, and the only reason they won is because of Markstrom, not because of his line changing. Um, I I don't think the lines, I don't think anybody suggested the lines were the reason. What, do you, what chemistry? They had lost four in a row. They were playing awful hockey. I, I think everybody expected them to change the lines after tonight. I actually think that... Um, I think Huska, by and large, has done a nice job in in year one, all things considered. Um, I I think there will be a larger test of his his coaching when when some of these trades are made, but I definitely don't criticize trying to change the lines up after the last four games. I would have done the same thing. Granted, I'm not a coach, so I don't know if that is really all that much of a vote of confidence, but no, I think we all expected lines to be changed. I thought it made total sense to make up, uh, to make some changes with these lines because... Yuck, they had played four awful games prior. Um, This says the Flames could have already made some trades to move a rebuild along, but the salary cap prevents that. Maybe it's time for the salary cap to be abolished because keeping fans in a holding pattern until the trade deadline isn't fair to fans. Um, Okay, I I don't think – I think the trade deadline is here to stay, my friend. Um, I I, I do think that it will start to loosen up a little bit as we move into the next few years when it finally goes up starting for next season. Um, But I I think the the salary cap has kept teams around and competitive a whole lot more than it was pre-salary cap. So I I think that – I I don't know. I think the salary cap has been generally a good thing for the league. Um. This is from T in Tuscany. says, Pat, playoff goal? Playoffs? Playoffs? He's trying to be Jim Mora. Uh, of course, I, I, I accidentally said playoff when I meant something else. I don't remember what I said. Oh, power play. I said playoff instead of power play. Um... This says, playoffs aren't happening, Pat. Huberto is completely checked out. Just when I think he can't play more uninspired, he finds a way. Zero compete level. At least Lindholm finally scored. Hopefully he can parlay this into All-Star Weekend, win the million-dollar skills competition, and gets awarded the All-Star MVP in the hopes of raising his trade value. Shout-out to you and the entire broadcast team. Enjoy your well-deserved time off. Um... 
This says Hannafin the horse, 27 time on ice, plus a power play setup. Coleman the crusher, five hits. Manjapani the magic man, and Markstrom the monster. Um... This says at 960-960 from Robert in Vancouver. Um, Pat, on Friday, you and Eric Francis said Noah Hannafin isn't part of the problem in Calgary. What is the problem with the Flames in your eyes, and how do you think the Flames solve these problems? Well, for me, the problem is that they've got an – like the, 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 the roster construction is not one for me that is a Stanley Cup winner. That's the problem. They are a mid-constructed team, and Craig Conroy is now the general manager, did not construct this team uh, or, or was not the primary decision-maker in constructing this team. He has taken – Taken over this group now and is in year one, and he's made a couple of moves in in sending to Foley to New Jersey and bringing back Sharon Govich and and sending Zadorov to Vancouver and getting the picks. Um, but this is a this is a middle of the road roster, and that to me is the problem. And I think Tan, I think Noah Hannafin is the type of player that can be on a very good roster and still be an impact maker. And that's why I say I don't think he is, quote-unquote, part of the problem. He is not, you know, a driving force as to why they are a middle-of-the-road roster. So if they were to keep him, you can understand the wisdom in doing so. Um, so that's that's how I would answer that. How they go about doing it? Well, they make a couple of important trades at the trade deadline. That's number one, and and then go from there. Uh, this says Lindholm was playing more aggressive in the third period than I've ever seen from him. I think he knows it'll be his last game as a flame. I don't know if that we can be totally confident about that. I know they're off for a week, but that doesn't mean Lindholm's getting traded. Um, this reads, the Hawks looked terrible. Easy to see how they're the worst team in the league. Glad for Markstrom. He's been the Flames' best player all year. Without him, they lose again and would likely be in the Hawks' position rather than the reverse. Question for you, when Lindholm gets traded, assuming they get picks back and not another center, who do you move into that position? Do you throw Zary in there? He is a natural center. What do you think? I'd wait on Zary. I would throw throws the wrong word. I would move Sharon Govich there, or at the very least, I would give that a long look, or or I'd have a long conversation about moving Sharon Govich to the middle. His face-offs need a significant amount of work. When he was playing center earlier this year, he was just awful in the face-off dot. That's got to be, that has got to be improved upon, but I think the brain, I think the speed both profile nicely to play that position in the league. And and it probably takes away his one-timer a little bit, but I think he can add a lot to the team. So Sharon Govich would be the guy on the, on the roster right now that I'd be looking at moving to the middle. However, Zary down the road, I'd be interested in seeing that too. I just think right now he's still a rookie. I don't know if you want to burden the extra um, the, the extra defensive responsibility that comes along with being a center, but definitely Sharon Govich um, is is one that I look at right now. Two more texts. This says, I'm not sure how the team's going to construct the lines when they come back, but you have to reunite Huberdeau and... Sharon Govich. Huberdo has no chemistry with anybody except Sharon Govich. Kadri really needs Pospisil back with Zeri, and you're not breaking up the backland Manchapani Coronado uh, Coleman line. That may have been Manchapani's best game of the year. So what do you do with Coronado? I know it's not ideal for him to be a fourth liner, but where does he play? 
could you see a fourth line of Pelche, Rooney, and Coronado? My guess is no. I think there's a pretty decent chance with Pospisil ready to come back and activate it off of IR. I think there's a pretty decent chance that Coronado might stay in the American League coming out of the All-Star break too. We'll see. Um, and yeah, um, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they stay there. I, I think Klapka is going to stay in the American League for sure. I could see all three of Klapka, Schwint, and Coronado staying in the American League. Um, could they come back up? Maybe. But, you know, Pelche and Rooney are ready here or, or getting closer to ready and bordering on ready. Um, so I, I don't think it's out of the question that all three of Coronado, Klapka, and Schwint could stay in the American League uh, now that they've gone into the All-Star break and that they've been sent back. Um, and finally, this reads... Um, Flames barely beat what was close to an AHL squad in Chicago. This franchise is in bad shape. People don't want to pay to watch this team. Start the rebuild now. Trade the UFAs. Dump all the assets. Tank and get high draft picks for a few years. Bad contracts have broken this team. There you go. That's the text line tonight at 960-960. It's uh, Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Got time for a few more calls. Let's get back to the phone lines following this uh, 1-0 win over the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. We say hello to Parsons. What's going on, Pars? Hey, Pat. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm okay. Uh, that that game is, uh, man, that, that was pretty boring and listless. They, they uh, It got played. They, they played the game. They I know that much. Game. It was it was played. <laughs> it counted. Played. It counted. It's in the books. It is in the um, books. Yeah, basically an AHL team. But uh, you know, the one I say the the bright spots I found uh, was Shillington. You know that guy. He's like a gazelle out there, and um, I'm I'm happy to see him back. And I, I kind of miss what he brings to the team and what he brings on the ice and his speed. And he's very smart with the puck. So, you know, a little bit more reps from him and I'm really excited to have him back. So um, versus, you know, some of the other players I see going the other way, you know, like, I don't know. Like I see these guys putting in some work, but guys like Mangiapane, Hubie, Lindholm, they, they just, I don't know, man. Like, they just look like shells of themselves, and they're out there, they're working hard, but they're just... Mangiapane's the only one that I, like, he looked really good tonight. I guess, but, I mean... I think Mangiapane's actually looked really, even though the, the numbers haven't, you know, jumped off the page, he's looked far more like himself since going back on the Coleman line with Backlund. Like, the, like that... That has really, I think, gotten Mangiapane back to his bread and butter of being that pain-in-the-ass guy to play against. Work ethic's high. I know the numbers, again, aren't, aren't outstanding since he's been back there, but he's he he's the one guy that looks a whole lot more like himself uh, over the last little bit, at least, at least how I've seen it. Well, isn't the numbers kind of the... the end result anyways like regardless of what line he's on it's not like he's never putting up an effort or anything like i've I've never really seen the guy take a day off Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day the numbers are still the numbers and he's still spotty you know for a guy who lucked out on that 35 goal season well i shouldn't say lucked out but he 
year. No, but yeah. it definitely that was that was a career year, and I think that, that yeah. you know I, I don't know if we'll ever see Manchapani hit thirty five no. again. No. You and I both know he's not he's not going to come close to that. I um, think I think he's a twenty guy. I think he can hit twenty again on a, on a decently regular basis a few more times before his career comes to an end. But no, I don't think that he is a uh, he, he's a regular thirty thirty five guy. No, no, not not by a long shot. Um, but hey, he rode the wave that year. You know, he was hot out of the, the Canada series there and everything. So good on him. You know, he got his payday, so that's good. Um, I I don't dislike the guy. I just I really wish we had more production out of him because he was actually on a trajectory going high. You know, like he was like kind of building on things, and it's just kind of sad to see it kind of plateau and then regress a bit. But anyways, let's get off of that. But um, you know, um, I'd like to talk about trade destinations if you don't mind. Sure. And if, um, you know, just I'm just going to touch on Tanev and Lindholm because Hannafin, I, I do not know what we're going to do with this guy. Um, so I'll just keep it to those two. Okay. And I don't even know if we're going to trade Tanev, to be honest. But uh, the Tanev to Ottawa thing, I think, is kind of really weird. Um, that seems like a, a real sideways move by Ottawa. I don't even think, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. So. No, they're not. Like a, there's they, they there's there's zero chance Ottawa's making the playoffs. Yeah, so I I don't see why that move for them makes any sense whatsoever. Here here is the only thing that I could think of in terms of of why and and uh, I, I credit Derek Wills on this because he was the one who said it to me. So I, I always want to make sure that I, I credit when somebody else gives me an idea. But I think it's bang on. I I think that um the the only thing I can think of is that. First of all, Tanev is a culture guy. So the the thing that Derek Wills said to me was, you know, could Brady Kachuk have been like, hey, I know what Tanev brings. And Matthew was always raving about him when, when he was in Calgary. And so Ottawa says, or Brady Kachuk goes to Ottawa and says, hey, you know, we, we need a culture guy here, and, and this guy's a culture guy, um, and, and this guy could really, like this guy will bring something that we don't have in this room. And so... That that to me, I could see it wouldn't be a rental. They'd be acquiring Tanev and probably wanting to re-sign him, right? So, um, if that that's the only way I can see it making sense for the Sens is that they want to be back in the playoffs. They don't want to continue being an outsider. So, if their plan is to be back in the playoffs next year, a guy like Tanev would really help a blue line that's got young and 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 younger defensemen like Sanderson, like Sanderson, um, yeah. like like Shabbat, like Chikrin, right? So having yeah. a guy like Tanev there could really help solidify it. Well, because the, the whole thing's weird because I, I thought they were looking to move on from Chikrin, but... Um, they they may or may not be. Um, they, okay. they, they, that that kind of remains to be seen with them. It just seems like Tanev would be a better fit in either A, New Jersey, and because they actually do have assets... Like a like a Holtz or something like that, which would be nice. Um, but I think the one team that kind of played their card uh, via you know Quinn Hughes was Vancouver, and that seems like the most obvious fit to me. And um, 
See, you I know, and, and I don't I don't want to I, like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to invalidate at all, but like I don't care about the fit of, for Tanev. I could care like if or, or if I'm Craig Conroy, putting myself in Craig Conroy's shoes, like I don't care about the fit. I I'm want like, the return. I yeah, want the I want best the return. return. So if like yeah. if you're like, well, Ottawa, I don't see the fit, but Ottawa's giving you the best return. Well, then you trade him to Ottawa all day, every day. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, like that, Vancouver's got that really good prospect. And I'm gonna butcher his name. I think it isn't it like Letter Mackey. Let Letter Mackey. Like yeah, yeah. They really Letter like him Mackey. there. Yeah, like it'd be nice to get something like that in the first back. Or well, not a first, sorry. But even I don't think you're getting. I don't think you're getting both back for ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on to Lindholm. I mean, the only teams I can really see is Boston, Colorado, potentially Winnipeg. Um, I just don't see Boston with the the assets, honestly. What about um, uh, what about Vancouver or Vegas for? Uh... For Lindholm. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess you could throw them in there, too. And Vegas is always going to be a player. You know they're going to be, like, near the end there because they're always going to go for it. Here's – here's yeah, if I was Colorado, honestly, I would not be looking at Lindholm. I'd be looking at how do I get Kadri and making this a three-way trade. But um, um, <clears throat> what's your thoughts? I, I've been meaning to ask you this for a bit, but Columbus – so this team has made a series of trades, bringing in Gaudreau, Branson, uh, Severson, like the list goes on. Provorov. And Provorov. I mean, what do you think this team is doing? Because wouldn't you think they would want to bring in, like I know the results haven't been there for them, but they have assets. Um the nostalgia of bringing Lindholm in there to play with Johnny again. Like, where do you think that team is at? I mean, I, I don't think it's – like, I understand why a lot of people go there and point to, to Columbus, but, like, again, they'd have to – They'd have to be given the permission to talk contract with them and have to know that there is a an extension. Would would Lindholm want to sign long term in Columbus? I don't know. Mm. Uh, so so I I get it, but like otherwise, if if Columbus doesn't feel like Lindholm is going to sign there long term, right. I I don't know if if they're going to be offering what the Flames would be looking right. for in a trade. Right. Okay. Because the only thing I would want out of Columbus is obviously their first or uh, or a guy ready like Kent Johnson. Yeah, and I don't think you're getting either of those guys for Lindo. Either of those things, at least a first round pick this year. I don't think you're getting for Lindholm from them. So, do you think Lindholm is tanked his trade value? Nope. I just don't think um, like a high, high pick. Like that's like Columbus is going to be a lottery team, right? I don't know if like a a, a four or five overall pick is realistic for for a guy like that, you know? Makes sense, yeah. Um, Okay, well, I'll just end it on this. Um, I thought Markstrom played a good game. Um, I think we we might still need to capitalize on him while he's playing this good. Um, New Jersey seems like a good fit. Um, waivers, uh, Rizichka, I, I'm, you know what, Pat, I'm actually happy Arizona was the team that picked him up because I think he might get a good swing at it. Um, I was sad to lose D. Simone. Um, I think that was a sneaky good pickup by Jersey. I wish it was Austerley. 
Um, can we put Australia in waivers? I mean, they could, yep. Okay. Um, and lastly, do, the lines look stale to me right now. Like, do you think we need a shake-up or just they, they, they changed it. They changed them today. Okay, well, then they looked, okay, not very good again. Yeah, they, it was not great. I, I, they changed them, but they didn't look great. I guess it's like six, six and a half a dozen or the other at this point, right, with this team. And, yeah, uh, I think getting Peltier back at, at some point after the All Star break will be big. Um, that'll be a nice. Uh, that'll be a nice boost. Um, okay. So I think that'll be nice and, and can maybe help a little bit with the staleness. At the very worst, it gives him a little bit of punch on the fourth line if that's where he starts. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree that the lines were not great tonight. Uh, just one last thing I, I forgot to ask you. Uh, in terms of the pick that we have to give to Montreal for Monaghan. I don't. I don't. My head hurts. I can't. I can't I even. Know. I don't know the answer. It's got, so many, it's got so many. It's got so many. So many permutations on it. I just don't know. I know what you're going to ask. I don't know. Uh, we got we, parts. I got to move on. I, I got to okay, move on. Okay, take care, man. Thanks, man. Two more calls before we wrap up tonight, starting with Travis. What's up, Trav? Hey, Pat. What's up? Um, we, we sneaked one out tonight. They Big did. win. <laughs> Sarcastically saying, but, uh, you know, Markson played well. I see him get a shutout. Um, but to squeak out a one nothing win against a pretty poor team is is actually a sad showing overall. But it makes sense because we lost four straight before this, right? So, um, yeah, the 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 lines, yeah, I guess they haven't looked that great for a little bit here. Um, but I think that's to be expected. Um, I don't know who you play with each other at this point. It, uh, I think pro. pro possible or whatever should be coming back it looks like right yeah yeah it, he'll, he'll be saying. he'll be uh he'll be ready to play come uh that game against boston so you know i think that kind of puts the second line back or whatever line you want to call it back together yep um i think the problem on this team is we have a bunch of five million dollar players that aren't you know five million plus that just aren't like like they're just not legit like high-end goal scorers right so and I guess that's not exactly what you expect out of five million dollar players, but when you have a bunch of people that are making five million and they're sub twenty goals, like the team's going to struggle. And with a power play like the one we have, players are going to struggle to put up points and goals as well. So it's like a collection of a bunch of things, no? <laughs> well, yeah, they're, just, they're they're they are what they are. They. they... There were, were like 130 plus games into this core group, and they've been a bubble playoff team, and that's what they are right now. I, I think we have a pretty good idea as to what this group is. You know, we got a lot of offense on the back end too. I think they're saying I've seen something tonight. It was like 20 percent of our offenses from the back end, so you know that kind of masks the front end a bit, I guess. But um, you know, Matt Japani, yeah, he had the career year and kind of got paid but i if i was a betting man i i don't see manjapani on this team long term so i think um maybe it's not he doesn't get dealt now but but as a betting man he's dealt before the trade deadline next year uh, yeah just, potentially 
potentially or or off season if that's good, something they want to do. Um, look, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's still a lot to like about what Manchapani brings to the table, but I, I don't know if this is a, a long term fit uh, here or not. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, like he likes his work ethic and he tries hard. Um, you know, he's not a five point eight million dollar player though. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> And, I don't know. You know. I mean, he's he's gonna he's probably gonna finish with somewhere in the I don't know forty five point forty five fifty point range. That's kind of going right for that in the NHL these days. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. To me, he's just not a five point eight million dollar player. But so I just are just arbitrarily. You're like I, that. I yeah. He's yeah, not that. To me, okay. he just he, yeah. He just doesn't seem like a five point eight million dollar player to me. He doesn't, and I, I guess I don't know what I got to back that up. Not much right now, but I mean, he's, it's I guess, probably a little. It's probably a little high, but that's you're usually in around the five million range at at, at that type of production. If you can get, if you can score twenty and get twenty to twenty goals and forty to fifty points a year, you're usually in that five million range, kind of going rate right, right now. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, I think for this team going forward, just a big emphasis on size and speed's got to be like some of the most important things I think overall for the team. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, we struggle against some more port, like some crappier teams. Cause I feel like maybe we're not as fast as them. Um, so I think anytime speed kind of hits us, I think we can struggle a bit as a team. What do you think about that? I mean, that's been one of your big things for a few years now. I don't think you're wrong um, that this is not the fleetest of foot team in the NHL. I, I'll, I'll grant you that. Um, and then, um, what was I going to say, Party? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know Trev. Uh, <laughs> I don't know either, but uh, yeah, I guess hopefully, hopefully some things change soon. Actually, I actually want to bring up Cole, Cole uh, Schwitz or whatever, if that's his name, right? Yeah. Um, he, uh, I, I know he's back in the minors and maybe he hasn't proved anything yet. He's only played a couple of games. But I do, he does seem a little intriguing to me because he seems like he's got pretty good speed and he's a pretty big body. Do you, do you think he just kind of is what he is at this point? Because I don't think he's that young either. No, right? no, I mean, he's 20, 22, 23. I don't know if he's quite oh. is what he is yet. Um, I, I still think that there's, I, I'm still interested to see what more there could be here. I don't know if we're talking about him being a, a big time impact maker in the NHL. And I, I gotta say, I have not been super enamored by what we've seen from him since he's been up on this recall. Like tonight he played four minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, didn't really think he was all that good against Columbus. Uh, I, I think some more time in the American League is, is probably going to be good for him, but I still, with the, the blend of speed and he's got a big frame, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still intrigued to see if there's a little more there, Trav. And he's a right shot, which we and can he's never, a right shot, which they need. We can, we can, yeah, we can never have too many of those, can we? We definitely don't have enough. Um, and Especially okay, with so Lindholm going to be dealt, so yeah, oh yeah, no, we're gonna, we're not gonna have too many people that are right shots. Um, so Pelche is probably coming back at some time, obviously after the break, and you kind of see him slotting in on the fourth line, or maybe maybe or, to start, yeah. But but you probably want him kind of in your middle six, don't you? 
I, I think I think uh, eventually, yeah. But I mean to to come back. I think starting on the fourth line would be if if that. I'm not suggesting that that's what they should or need to do. But if they were, I don't think that's a bad thing to get them worked in and then get them a few games and then see where things go from there. And then I guess Rooney too. I, I think they kind of had hopes that he would probably be on the fourth line. So maybe if you get Rooney back, <clears throat> Pelche back, um, you know, maybe it helps the team a little bit there as well. For sure. Um, but who, who knows? Like once these players are dealt, I, I think to me, I think it's pretty clear. Tanef and Lindholm are probably gone, I would say. And, you know, I, I'm leaning that Hannafin might be dealt as well. He had a strong game tonight, but. He's had a really good so, year. Yeah, overall, yeah, he, he's done pretty solid. I think he's had a, a good year for maybe the all the distractions he has. I think he's played well. So you can see on nights like tonight when he plays like that why you would maybe want to keep him long-term too. But yep. I think just overall management of assets, I think I said this a few times this year, I just think the packages you can get back for these players right now, I could – I, I just really think we'll help reset the franchise. And it's, it's not to say that you're not going to be looking for a player like Hannafin, but, but uh, you know, the more assets you accumulate, you can do a lot of other things as well. So yep. um, like you, know, you could redistribute them for other players to help the overall package. Because um, yep. you, you have Anderson, you have Uyghur. They're obviously not going anywhere. You're hoping Shillington regains his form. And I think, you could see how well he skates. Um, you know, maybe the 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 puck, the puck management maybe isn't there yet, just because. And and I don't think he's looked bad. Okay, Trav, we got we we got we got to we got to wrap up here. Yeah, I just think being rusty for they're off for so long. You know, there's going to be some rest. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll just see what happens. But thanks so much, Pat. Enjoy your time off. And uh, Trav. You're the best. You. You're a beauty. Thanks, I, you you, you, you always know I love you when I hurry you along. Thanks, Trav. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Talk soon. Uh, and we uh, finish off on the full lines tonight by saying hello to Chris. What's going on, Chris? Chris, you there? Chris going once. Chris going twice. All right. No, Chris. Um, and then that will wrap us up on the phone lines. Thank you for all your phone calls. Thank you for all your texts on this Saturday night into Sunday morning as the Flames take a one nothing win over the Chicago Blackhawks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. As uh, we get to tonight's final summary, once again, really do appreciate all the uh, phone calls and texts on our final Flames Talk post-game show before the All-Star break. A uh, short and sweet final summary because... Well, there was only one goal in this game. No scoring in the first period. The only goal of this game came at the 15:55 mark of the second period with the Flames on a power play. Elias Lindholm snaps a 15-game goalless drought with his ninth goal of the season. Lindholm from Yegor Sharangovich and Nazem Kadri at 15:55 of the second on the power play made it one nothing Flames after 40 minutes of play. No scoring in the third period. Jacob Markstrom was stellar from start to finish, and the Flames come away with the one goal victory. Uh, the final shots in this game were 32-30 in favor of Chicago. Flames go one for two on the power play. Chicago 0 for two with the man advantage this evening. Your three stars tonight: number three, Elias. 
Lindholm, number two, Peter Morazic in net for Chicago, and no doubt about it, with a 32-save shutout and his 20th career NHL shutout, Jacob Markstrom is your number one star tonight. With the win, Flames finish their pre-All-Star break schedule at 500, 22-22-5. They're back in action February 6th on the road in Boston, while Chicago falls to 14-34-2. They're back in action February 7th when they take on the Minnesota Wild. That's your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Randy Opperman, for our outstanding reporter, Maddie Rosen, for our outstanding producer, Shan Vergie. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, next up is February 6th. That is next Tuesday when the Flames kick off a four-game road trip against the Boston Bruins. That is a 5 o'clock face-off from TD Garden in Boston, which means we're on the air at 4 o'clock with your Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your weekend. Have yourself a great next week. Flames talk on hiatus until Monday, February 5th. So we will be back wherever you get your podcasts uh, on Monday, February 5th. A little all-star hiatus for Flames talk as well. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome tonight. Flames won, Blackhawks nothing. This has been your Flames Talk postgame show, available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.